Welcome back, everybody, with another new episode of Two Peas on a Pod. I am Brian Daniels. I am Raven Alford. And we're back once again. And, of course, as always on this show, we welcome other podcasts to come on our show and tell us all about their show on our show. And today we welcome Laura Rodriguez McDonald and Sarah Alcorn. They are the host of a podcast called Ivy League Murders. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks, Thanks for you. having us. <laughs> it is it is fantastic. We we love having uh, these new podcasts that we've never heard of before on the show, and we learn a lot from you. And uh, we hope to learn more about uh, the Ivy League Murders podcast. So um, I don't know which one of you want to start, but take feel free to take it away. But uh, tell uh, tell everybody listening in what your show is about. Well, you know, both both of us can talk the paint off of a wall. So, <laughs> which one you want to start, Laura? You want to take it? Yeah, I think it's well. I think that it's uh, important to say that Sarah and I both grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is where Harvard is. Um, mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you're not not a local like us, mm-hmm. um, fairly immersed in Harvard. Both of us had parents who worked at Harvard. And, um, and then Sarah, we went to the same high school and, you know, mm-hmm. Sarah then went to Harvard and I think we kind of grew up with this, you know, kind of awe of Harvard and perfection. And, um, Sarah and I went our separate ways. Sarah became a private investigator. And oh. I, I think we were both real t- true crime heads and Mm -hmm. we met many many years later and I had had this kind of idea uh we had some high profile cases in Massachusetts of some Ivy League uh doctors who had committed heinous crimes Mm -hmm. and it really kind of sparked something in me like wow what what's what's kind of the dark side of this this we're brought up to see this perfection Mm -hmm. and uh but it was really just an idea and like, and I, I reconnected with Sarah and it was like, boom, it was like, a, like lightning went off, Right. you know, she, she was the other part of what I needed, you know, she, she was, she was this Ivy League PI, she was as into crime as I was and it just kind of happened. We you just- know, I, I just have to say too, I, I've always considered myself I've always been into studying crime. I made a career out of it. And yeah. I've prided myself on being, you know, the, the, the crime head, you know, the crime head, crime, crimes head, you know, crime head basically. But mm-hmm. I met Laura and she just blew me out of the water. She, she was sort of like, have you heard of this case, this case, this case? And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, You're like, oh, wow, where have I been? What have I, what have I been doing? Right. Um, so uh, yeah, so we 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 got together and we kind of sat on this for a little while. And I actually had not listened to that many true crime podcasts, and I really got into other true crime podcasts, and we, some of which are fantastic, and I right. absolutely love. And then it, it strangely sort of COVID hit, and we just put our heads together and started and started creating this, and it. You know, we right. gathered momentum, gathered cases, and it's just been an absolute blast. I have to say, I think, uh, um, you know, I, I hate saying that like COVID's been pretty good to us, but because it's 
at a horrible time, but we, it has allowed us the, the time and the freedom to come up with this and really work on it. Um, so. And it's also, I would say, you know, you know, Sarah's, you know, and I, even though we grew up in the same neighborhood in the same kind of uh, alternate universe of Cambridge, Massachusetts, <laughs> you know, we, we went separate. I went to university in Miami and then, you know, Sarah is kind of from this Harvard legacy and I married into a fourth generation NYPD family. Oh, wow. So we, we often look at things from very, very different perspectives. And I think we kind of show our audience that, you can look at things from very different perspectives and disagree mm -hmm. and then kind of like toast your coffee and have a great day and be friends. And that's what we do. You know, yeah. we, we disagree. We sometimes duke it out a little and then, and that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. that's just, that's, you know, we're not, that makes it more interesting to us. It's, it's actually, Laura tends to come from a more prosecutorial point of view, and I've worked mm. on criminal defense cases for a long, long time. So mm. we, we have both perspectives. That's uh, great. So, you know, and, and uh, I think we're big enough people to admit when we're wrong. <laughs> you know, we try to do that yeah. too. And sometimes she'll wear me down to a little nub with her with her <laughs> arguments, and uh, so you know. But it but it's fun, and I mean, yeah. also, any of these cases are presented in front of a jury, so we really look at the audience like a like a huge jury, and That's we're great. presenting this evidence. And hey, guys, what do you think of this? Yeah, how would you how would you <clears throat> make a decision in this case? And sometimes you know, sometimes the person is just flagrantly guilty you know mm. but other times there's shades of gray and you know that's that's how it is so we we that those are our two different stances that we generally take so mm -hmm. that's really neat um sarah i have a question for you because i don't know exactly um how long you've been doing you know private investigating and so forth but have you actually are you going to be um showcasing any cases that you have maybe worked on? Have you done any, uh, investigated any of these cases at all? Yes, you know, it, actually, Laura, early, earlier on, had mentioned uh, doctors who mm -hmm. had crimes who, uh, one, of, one of whom was a Harvard, uh, Harvard doctor. And yes, mm -hmm. I, will, I will talk about my experience on that case. Uh, oh, that's, wow. That's a closed case. Uh, uh, that was a very interesting case, Dr. Sharp. Um, and so, yeah, I'll definitely talk about, about my experience. And in general, I try to weave in through our podcast, my, if, if I have experience that has bearing on, on the case, uh, then I'll definitely, I definitely talk about that in the, in the podcast as well, because that's mm -hmm. my experience. Mm -hmm. If it's relevant, I'll definitely bring it up. So. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm curious. Um, you, you guys had said that you uh, hadn't really listened to a lot of true crime pro podcasts uh, in, in the past. And you guys have been, uh, you guys, it looks like you guys started this show back in May of last year, I do believe. Yeah. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yes. And um, I'm kind of curious, like what, what led up to uh, the two of you? I, I know you kind of br briefly maybe mentioned a little bit of the history here, but uh, what made you decide to do it on a, on, as, on a, as a podcast versus like YouTube or any other platform? And um, 
uh, and I'm kind of curious also to follow up question to that is what make, what makes you decide what cases to talk about? How do you guys go through that process of what you're going to talk well, about for your episodes? You, you, sure. You, um, the short answer is we fight about it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I actually, I actually had been listening to podcasts for a long time. So oh, I, okay. I actually, and when Sarah and I got together, you know, I encouraged her, you know, before we started to really immerse herself in podcasts. So, you know, mm-hmm. she could kind mm-hmm. of learn what she liked and didn't like and have, you know, so I, I had been listening to a podcast for a long time and, and really felt like, you know, I, I, you know, every, every case I listened to, I knew and really felt like this is something I could do. And, and then I had this idea, which I felt like was, was kind of a unique take. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, the way we we have a master list of uh of cases mm. uh we're constantly researching to find new cases they're hard to find uh you know the universities don't want you to find them mm-hmm. um and we we kind of just talk you know weekly monthly and we kind of map out what cases we're going to do uh we also do authors so some of those and those are you know we look at ivy league murder cases that have had books written about them Mm -hmm. so we've done we do those as well and uh uh so we we that's how we decide the cases but we do we right now we're arguing about ted kennedy so uh, okay uh, yeah, and so I, I think I'm going to win that argument. Oh, yeah, you know, no, no, you're not. Okay, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, uh, no, we sort of fall in love with cases. I have to say, like, yeah. Laura, Laura is a total genius for finding these bizarro cases that I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. she'll, she'll just trap me with narratives basically and i'm like all right it's all right it's it is a great case let's let's do it but we (laughs) kind of go with we go with kind of what we get inspired by and there's different you know there's there's no sort of method to the madness really we we do try to mix up if we do like a period case something from like let's say the 1920s then we do something Mm -hmm. try to do something that's a little bit more current Mm -hmm. you know we, we do find ourselves with my God, I mean, a third of our cases are Harvard cases, which I don't know if I should be proud of or embarrassed, <laughs> but like, but, but you know, and, and my joke is, well, you know, Harvard, we're just best at everything, you know, but, uh, <laughs> um, but including crime, but, in, but so we try, you know, we, we kind of look at each other and go like, okay, but you know, it's another Harvard case. And so we do try right. to you know, go, we, we do try to diversify a little bit and go to the other, to the other Ivy leagues. And, but essentially we just get drawn to certain cases mm-hmm. and, you know, we just both go into sure. research rabbit holes and, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's kind of how we, how we decide. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I well, noticed, it, I noticed too. Um, and like you had mentioned, like you do, you'll do like a period piece and then something more recent. Like I was really surprised that, 
I mean, some of these cases, like I saw one just kind of scrolling through, you know, your descriptions um, from like 18, I think it was like 1849 or 1869, something like that. And then like yeah. 1908 and, and then, you know, in the sixties and seventies, that's a really wide range. Like I would not have thought that, you know, these kind of cases, I mean, I knew they happened way back then, but it's just really interesting to see. I mean, not much has changed in the way of true crime and that kind of aspect, I guess. Yeah, and the, and the interesting, the wonderful thing about it, we're both like way into researching and you learn so many neat little facts and little, you know, histories and literature. And that's mm -hmm. why, you know, because it is Ivy League murders, we do try to bring in, we do try to bring in history. We do try to bring in a little bit mm -hmm. of like philosophy or psychology or, uh, you know, we, we try to go a bit deeper into, you know, the context basically of the, mm -hmm. so when, when we can, you know, we, uh, sure, we, just, yeah. we just recorded a, something about the Mansons uh, this morning. Ooh. Ooh. And uh, so there was actually one of the victims was a uh, graduated from Harvard. And so we we really tried to go into the culture of what was happening in in the late 60s to the mm -hmm. hippie culture, to the counterculture in California. Uh and, you know, the and what the what's what the Manson murders did to that, basically. So, it, so that's, oh, wow. yeah, what we're, you know, one of, that's the angle we were trying to take with this one. I'm, uh, I'm curious. Um, you guys said you have a lot of cases from Harvard. Have you guys had any, um, any reception from any current students there or any al former alumni or any maybe professors? Have, they, have any of them, have, they, have you had any reception or any oh. feedback from anyone that, uh, like yeah. that? Yes, we've had, we've been threatened with, yeah. because we covered a, a professor there. Yeah. He didn't, oh, he, wow. he, he didn't like our coverage of him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's also, you know, you know, we're, we're so close to Cambridge and so, mm. we're so it's so local to us. Mm -hmm. um, right. Um, that, uh, you know, but um, that's the only, so we've, that, you know, so, but most of the cases we covered, you know, are, are you know, closed cases, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're kind of fair game, but this, mm -hmm. this was kind of a, more of an open, it was more, we called it death of a reputation, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah so. He, we had, well, that, uh, there's that one, but also there's a, we have, I, I have a lot of classmates who are on our Facebook page, and they're, you know, they're very into the podcast, mm -hmm. and they're yeah they're they're kind of as interested as as anyone else would be I, I think the the interesting thing is too for for a lot of people the ivy leagues or a place like harvard is kind of exotic in a way as well mm -hmm. and so what we what we're trying to do is kind of pull back the curtain a little <clears throat> bit on those institutions mm -hmm. that are pretty pretty elitist and pretty exclusive and um so in that's what that's what we're doing as well oh yeah we get far more positive feedback i think that i mean I, we get so many uh, so many messages from people saying you know do you have any 
do you have any crimes at Penn State? Do you have any crime, you know, <laughs> wherever they went to school, you know, right. and, yeah. and or they tell us about crimes and, you know, we can't, we can't wait to expand to do more, you know, to do other schools because we got so many great suggestions. I, I think that it's something that people just, you know, and I think the Ivy League, you know, it's, there's something about power and prestige and privilege and then kind of watching it get thrown away sure. that's fascinating to people and mm. you know it's fascinating you know for uh, me so uh you kind of wonder why and i think the more you study it the more you realize that none of those things give you any immunity from being a human being from mental illness, from alcoholism, from mm-hmm. drug addiction, from, exactly. right. greed, from greed, from jealousy. So these people suffer from the things we all suffer from and that's what gets them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now I have sort of a two-part question. Um, one, because um, I know you'll probably each have your own answer for this because you said that you tend to fight about the uh, the cases, but um, wh- I know you said you're drawn to certain cases. What has been your most, I don't necessarily say exciting, but it can be exciting to talk about these and get, get into this the research. What has been your most exciting or interesting case to talk about? And then what has been your most prominent case that you've talked about so far? Ooh. You well, go first. So you can go first, Sarah. Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's a tough one. It's like having a favorite child in some mm-hmm. way. You know, or right. I can go first if you want All time right. to think. Yeah, you go first. <laughs> Um, I mean, my favorite case uh, by far is um, the Woodward case, which is an old case that was um, Dominic Dunn wrote a book about, you know, which is, you know, a socialite who basically murdered our husband and pretended he was an intruder and got away with it. Oh, wow. And, Mm. you know, it's just very cafe society, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just a very, uh, you know, the family kind of closed ranks and let her get away with that. So that was kind of one of my favorite cases. Um, the most prominent case we've covered, um, it, it'll probably be the Mansons um, when, when yeah. we mm-hmm. re- release the Mansons. Um, we haven't really, we've steered clear of, of super high profile cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh you know, we haven't done Ted Kaczynski yet, who's, mm-hmm. who's Ivy League and uh, yeah, Unabomber. Yeah. Yep. We're yep. going to we're going to take a very different take on him. We're going to uh-huh. look at his time at Harvard. But um, I'd, I'd say the Mansons will be. Uh, no, actually, that's not true. Our, I, I take that back. Our highest profile uh, case so far has been on Bundy. I, so, I wondered. Yeah. About Bundy, that. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep, Bundy. I forgot. Bundy has been. So that's my answer. Sarah, what's your favorite case been so far? And God, like I said, it's like choosing a favorite child. Um, (laughs) I love them all. Um, But the favorite case, I really actually, it was an early one, but I really loved the Leopold and Loeb case. Um, Yeah, I I forgot about that one. That was a good one. 
the uh, Leopold and Loeb were, if people aren't familiar, I'm sure a lot of people, if you're a crime head, you, you know the case, but Leopold and Loeb basically conspired and, and killed another boy. And they were both highly intelligent, very into reading Nietzsche, had kind mm. of a complex. They wanted to pull off the perfect murder and felt utterly entitled to do so. But that was oh, wow. fascinating research. That's a very good book by an author that we later interviewed on a different book called Simon, uh, Simon Batts. And uh, he wrote an excellent book about Leopold and Loeb as well. And, and so that was very interesting because that was just high, high intelligence and absolutely no emotional intelligence or, or yeah. real, you know, or you know, sort of pathology that they both found and fed to each other as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was that was one of my favorite favorite ones. And yeah, to have to agree, I think Bundy, I mean Bundy has been done and done and done. And but we had a really unique opportunity to speak to Kevin Sullivan, who's a Bundy, mm -hmm. and yeah. he he just revealed some very new and very eerie things about about Ted Bundy that I I hadn't known, and I thought I I thought I knew my Bundy, but he, <laughs> you know, he he actually, you know, Kevin Sullivan had was privy had Ted Bundy's murder kit like in his living room and was like looking through the murder kit as part of his research, and he he also just told us some things about about Ted Bundy's background i won't go into that now but it's a, right it, it is uh even even for people who are kind of like, <clears throat> uh, bundy bundy heads uh this one it definitely revealed some new things to me anyway about about him so and we have some uh pretty fun ones coming up like we have uh confessions of an ivy league bookie and uh <laughs> con confessions of an ivy league frat boy oh nice and, and uh, we have these really great guys, you know, uh, one of whom wrote for National Lampoon and uh, who wrote a book called The Monsters of the Ivy League, a gallery of elite assholes. And they, oh, nice. they just, they list like, what do they have, like 90, you know, like people who went to the Ivy League who are they just, you know, it's, so we have, we have some fun episodes coming up too. <laughs> That sounds great. Uh, yeah, and that kind of like leans into my next question too. Was I was going to ask um, if you only cover true crimes, true crimes that resulted in murder, or if you you know cover others. So we we tend to stick to murder. I mean, okay. we've, we've gone off the book a little with you know the Ivy League bookie confet, you know mm -hmm. these type of right. things because. Like we just did the call. We just two Wall Street Journal uh, reporters just wrote a book about the college scandal. Oh, um, it's called unacceptable. Unacceptable, yeah. Um, you know, so the you know the college acceptance scandal. So we did that because you know we will do stuff related to academia. Yeah. Um, but you know we're not really focusing on white collar crime right now. But I mean, I think right. I think we would do we would if you know if a big scandal arose, I think we would it would be we would depend on the case. Sure, sure. Have you have you guys? Um, I, I see you guys did an episode about uh, that had to do with Oxford University. Are you guys planning on doing any other international um, college cases? Yes, we we definitely want to because that is 
that's a totally unmined resource right mm -hmm. there. Uh, I have one in mind that I, I absolutely love this case and I like dare not speak about it. Uh, <laughs> Russian case and it is, oh mm. man. Oh, wow. It's so good. What I wanted to do was, it's actually in St. Petersburg. What mm -hmm. I wanted to do is use it as a vehicle to try to explore how, how history is taught in Russia, how that's changed. Oh the communist era to now, uh, what what's allowed to be said, what is considered kind of, what's kind of censored, what, or, or is it as free as we are? So that was one thing I wanted to kind of look at and kind of use the case as a vehicle to do that, because it's actually about a professor in St. Petersburg. So yes, we definitely want to go international with this, no doubt about it. Wow, that's really interesting. Now, um, we talked a little bit about each of yours background uh, previously, but how did you guys get interested or involved in the true crime aspect? Was this something that you guys have always been interested in, you know, from your younger years? Or how did that kind of evolve? Always, always. I think I read Helter Skelter and fifth grade. Oh, I've mm -hmm. always been fascinated was reading Agatha Christie. And, you know, I mean, just mm -hmm. always fascinated by it. Uh, you know, the just, I mean, I, I was, you know, 22, you know, g going to hear Vincent Bugliosi, who prosecuted Manson, you know, mm. speak, oh, wow. Yeah. Speak, wow. In, speak in Miami, which, you know, wasn't what most people in Miami were doing at 22. Right, right. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've always been into it. And Sarah can speak for herself. I, I think I think I'll, I'll sum it up for Laura to say that her her husband, Owen, kind of like, you know, basically, when he was courting Laura, didn't he get like he, he he like he got like you know subscribed to court tv to like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to get me to, to get me to move in with him that was like a that was like a big because I, I would watch like i mean there, i would watch full trials mm -hmm. i mean i would get completely you know i actually you know uh, I actually, uh, one of the um, anchors from Court TV was actually a family member's of mine's wake. And I actually didn't even take her condolences. I went right to the case. Oh, wow. Which, oh, prob wow. which was probably completely inappropriate of me. Okay, totally. <laughs> say totally inappropriate. I'm like, thank you for your condolences. Can we talk about Sandy Murphy, please? <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and for me, that's very much the same thing since I have been a kid, since I was a kid, I have always been fascinated with, with, with cases, the way cases mm -hmm. evolved, um, forensics. I actually, my, my real journey into, um, into true crime happened because I went out to California. I worked in the film business for five years. Oh, wow. And it, it didn't really, it was great. I had a blast. Mm -hmm. I was in my twenties. I, it didn't really work out. And I got back to Boston and I thought, what do I, what do I want to do with my life for the rest of my life? Kind of thing. And mm -hmm. I, all, everything that I was reading was 
about true crime, true crime, true crime, true crime. And I thought, well, I really want to do this for a living. I really want to investigate mm -hmm. crimes. And I thought for, you know, should I do forensics? Should I, you know, I, I thought about going to like John Jay. I thought about becoming a police officer. And then I happened to find actually another Harvard graduate who is a private investigator. And I, and I was like, bingo. And he totally tried to discourage me from doing it. And I was mm -hmm. just hooked right away. Um, so yeah, I have, um, I, I just, I absolutely have a fascination with it. And I really do think that a crime solving <clears throat> forensics are, it's such an exciting science. And I, you know, I am, uh, I, I think it is in, in, just incredible what, what they can do in terms of solving crimes now. So I, yeah, so I, I, I abs I've always, always been that way, but it definitely blossomed in my twenties, I would say. So I'm curious, have you guys ever uh, heard of these uh, conventions? Uh, they're called crime con. Yeah, we we, yes. did, we did it this past year. Actually. How was that? Because I because I uh, outside of this show, I do I, I review conventions mm -hmm. as part of my career, and uh, I was gonna go to um, I think I was gonna go to the one in New Orleans in 2019. Yeah. Try to get that So what what are those like? Like you said, you guys have been to one. What's what's that like? We what haven't gone in like? person. Yeah, we we just did, we did the virtual one, which nice. wasn't. Okay wasn't really we didn't get much out of yeah. but th the minute we can go in person the minute i, I will mm -hmm. i mean i think we'll we'll go and completely mm -hmm. take advantage and meet everyone we can because we really would love to network yeah uh, so i mean we'll be ex super excited to go the minute we can yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a challenging thing to have on on you know via Zoom. Uh, I oh, still absolutely, it, absolutely. I still found it fascinating though. You could join different platforms. You could talk to different podcasters, different authors. Find mm -hmm. you know different theories about like I listened to some uh, woman talk about the Lindbergh case and oh wow uh, yeah yeah it, I mean. I think it, once we can do it again in person, it's going to be, and I hear amazing things about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so can't, I can't wait. Maybe we'll see you guys there. I would love to attend. Oh, we would love to attend. Now, Ash, I want to go and like, cause I'm such a podcast junkie. Like I want to go and mm -hmm. walk around and see all my favorite podcasters. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like that's that's you know, I really kind of want to <laughs> like, I want, this COVID to be over and I want to oh like goodness, have yes. I want to like have yes. coffee with some true crime heads and yeah. you know talk about you know who killed John Bonet. I don't know just mm -hmm. just have some fun mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm I'm am curious as to what you guys think so when and and I don't know if this was the same I we're not talking age or anything here but I don't know if this was the same when you two were younger or not but when I was younger being into the true crime and reading up on these and finding these fascinating and being like, you know, fascinated by serial killers, minds and things like that. And, you know, the profiling and those kind of things that was considered pretty morbid. And yes. um, it was not mm -hmm. as commonplace or popular to be interested in those kinds of things. You were kind of weird. Um, so I'm curious to think what you guys think now that it's just like, it's such a booming kind of 
genre. Mm, it's like created yeah. its own genre. I mean, like there's all these documentaries now, the podcasts, the authors. I mean, it's kind of everywhere. So what has been your experience or how do you feel? Do you feel like people are just kind of jumping on a bandwagon at this point? Or do you feel as if they've just, you know, media and, you know, the way it's presented now is a little bit more um, appealing, I guess, or commonplace than it used to be? I I mean, I think there are, I I think, I think for better or for worse, I think Mm -hmm. is the is the ultimate narrative mm-hmm. if you look at a lot of our cases let's say that 18 you know 49 case let's say which is the parkman webster murder that mm-hmm. never have been remembered neither anybody involved in that case would never be remembered unless there had been this hideous event in the middle of it which was a murder mm-hmm. and the solving of it and the so i think I, I get what you're saying. I guess I've always been sort of an unapologetic crime. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I feel that it is, I don't feel it's morbid so much as, uh, I don't feel it's morbid so much as a, I think people are still fascinated with murder because we, we don't know how it happens. And it's mm-hmm. an thing for one human being to take the life of another human being so why yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. is that how why and how does that happen i do find that there has been a flip in terms of i find we find more women who are fascinated with true crime than men to tell you oh this. sure and that there's this funny thing where it used <laughs> to be a bit shameful for women to be into it and now that's flipped mm-hmm. and guy that's into it you're kind of regarded as a bit creepy which i don't think is saying <laughs> <laughs> that i think that's kind of been flipped on its head yeah but i right. do think i think the media and and just the marketing has made it a lot mm-hmm. more palatable and right. and you know new authors have come along you know I mean, in the past, you just had like Anne Rule and you had, you really just, it wasn't really considered literature. You know, right. I, mean, I remember going into bookstores and being like, like whispering, like, where's the true crime section? Like, and you were like, had to go to this little area, <laughs> all these like terrible covers. Yep. Right. And, yep. you know, and now you, you find, you know, really serious authors writing true crime. And I think that it's just, people have allowed themselves i mean people have always loved hitchcock and mysteries and i mean right i think it's just people allowing themselves it's just like you know reality is stranger than fiction and when people really allow themselves but sarah and i take a lot of our cases and because we do do a lot of uh, period pieces and Mm. we, we we do weave a lot of history into it um you know we you know we've done cases with you know when we where we joined up with a historian and did it you know a case so we we do try to bring and we don't focus a lot on the crime like on the murder you know we we try to focus kind of more on the psychological on what's going sure. on around the case so we're not really like a gory podcast right right so uh before we wrap up the show i have this uh i have a couple questions for you one uh 
what do you hope that your audience gains by listening to your show? I hope that they gain the, you know, the understanding that we're all, you know, people are all the same, you know, no matter what Mm. your education level or your economics, you know, socioeconomic level are, you know, we all kind of have the same issues and Mm. struggles and, you know, life is definitely easier for some people and you know the justice system is not always fair but Mm, right you know it does not give you an immunity to those problems right yeah and 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 i would just add to that and say that uh i what i hope the audience gains as well is a a a a kind of a continuing curiosity yes Mm, uh, yeah about this exploration of intelligence versus emotional intelligence. And that's, that's basically that you can be extremely smart. And we have, we, we have, we've mentioned these doctors, but we've had cases where people are just absolutely brilliant in their field Uh and they're terrible murderers. (laughs) I'm fascinated with the way people's brains work. And mm. why being so good and so smart and so in this one area, but something that probably somebody else could have done a lot better. Why, you know, why did you bungle this? So, right. So. Well, um, ladies, if you could uh, please let our audience know where to listen to your show and uh, when they can expect new episodes from you guys. Sure. Well, we are on all platforms. Um, Apple, Spotify, uh, we're on Audible, we're, we're everywhere, uh, Ivy League Murders, and then we're, we are also on Twitter and Instagram at Ivy League Murders, and Ivy League Murders Podcast on Facebook. Um, Sarah, what am I missing? Um, I, I think, I think you've got, you've got them all. You've got them all. We'd really appreciate if you joined our community on Facebook, if you'd have a listen, if you'd tell a friend, we'd love any feedback. Our email is Ivy league murders at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you know of any cases, please yeah. reach out to us. Mm. And how often do you guys release new episodes? Oh, I apologize. We release once a week. Um, our days have kind of varied. we our own studio this week okay. so uh, uh we uh midweek so we release midweek every week but it's varied a bit with with our authors so we will be changing that up in the next few weeks but we release once a week all right so we have about 32 episodes out right now all right well Laura and Sarah, thank you guys so much for joining us here on Two Peas on a Pod. And for those listening, if you want to be our next guest and tell us all about your amazing podcast, just like Ivy League Murders here, uh, you can send us an email at twopeasonapodshow at gmail.com. And you can also find us on uh, Facebook or on Twitter as well and uh, send us a message that way. If you uh, would like to come on the show, just like these ladies have here and told us all about your podcast on our podcast, please feel free to do so. Other than that, once again, thank you guys for listening to another amazing episode of Two Peas on the Pod. Until next time, we'll see you guys. See you later.